This is Daisen Chewy X, the podcast, episode 84 for the week of July 1st, 2007. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite, Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything, everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of lightning. I think you mean entertaining. I do mean entertaining. Normally, it's at night, and every night this week, we've had lightning storms. Yes. So I wanted to pretend it was still night, and I could still make that joke. It's very much bright out in the morning. I know. It's very nice out. Yes, this is episode 84. Or one week before the convention season starts up for us officially. Let's go around and say who's here, because it's not all that many people right now, but Mary! Hi there! You are here to my less than proverbial right, how are you? I'm doing swell this morning, sir. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. I had I got up and I finished working on some panel stuff. Then I played DDR for about half an hour, and then I had breakfast with you, mm-hmm. and then I took a shower, and then I burned more DVDs, and here the fuck we are. Pretty packed morning so far, I'd say. And it's going to continue to be packed. Lots of panel stuff, lots of convention planning. But you're merry. I am. Enough about you. Okay, if you say so. (laughs) I'll skedaddle. Julian, how are you? Oh, wait. Julian's not with us right now. We'll uh, explain why in just a moment. That leaves just me, the Mike, the Vegito EX. And, uh, Mary, where's Julian? Julian's at home right now. What's he doing? I don't know. Last I looked, he was in the shower. Great. I don't think the the fans needed to hear that. (laughs) We are recording in pieces for this episode. Later on today, the theoretical plan is to have Julian with us, as per the norm, and then also Jeff and Joy to go over the manga review of Awesomeness. We're up to volume six in the Tonkobon, the graphic novels, etc. But we have a lot of stuff to do before then, and I need to make sure I can edit the episode and get it out this weekend, and we got a plan for anime next. So, Mary, you and I are going to record everything that is not a topic material related thing right now. That's right. We'll do the best we can. We will. We have lots of news to go over. I wasn't expecting this much. I found most of it in the last two days, so I'm kind of glad we actually pushed this off a couple days to get all this info in. Not bad. So let's uh, cruise along. We have to talk about convention stuff. Get it out in the open. Say what's going on because next week is the con. So this is. We should say what con we're talking about. Yes. Anime Next in Sea Caucus, as they say. I just say Sea Caucus. Me too. In New Jersey, actually kind of right on the border of New York, New Jersey. It's three miles from New York City, as the uh, site says. That is oh so true. Now, Mary, every year we run the AMV contest. Among other things. So that is a big thing to check out. The schedule was posted yesterday as of this recording, so we actually know when and where things are going to be pending any major disasters um, making the schedule rearranged. Sure. Okay. Well, let's go down the list and say what is going on, where you can find us, and what, uh, you're going to do with a convention. We're going to tell you. That's right. This is it. Choice. This This is is all you're doing. We're going to start it off Friday. Registration is going to be going on in the morning. And I think things officially start showing at 11. The first thing we're going to be handling is the first screening of the AMV contest. That is the Anime Music Video Contest. Friday at 12 noon in main events. 27 videos of goodness packed across four categories. You want to see it. That is correct. You know, maybe people don't know what an AMV is. Should we define it real fast for them? It's a music video using an anime and music. Right. You take two things that are completely unrelated, usually, and combine them to create something new, usually. It can be drama, action, comedy, or trailer parody. Those are our categories, just in kind of not that order. Right. But that's awesome, so come check that out. You know, since we run the contest, we can't have a video competing in the contest, but we did a little opening to the contest this year. Right. Hopefully, Mike had a great idea, and that was put it up on YouTube when the con is over. So I will do so. I might even have a full-length version. Um, It depends on how much work I can put into it. Um, It's going to be really difficult if I end up doing the whole thing, but (laughs) it'll all make sense once you see it. Damn straight. So uh, that's the first showing of the AMV contest. And actually, later on that day on 
Friday. I want to stress, this is not our panel. We know nothing about this. We don't know who's running it. I have no idea who's running. I asked ahead of time. I couldn't get any info on it. But since it's Dragon Ball related, you know, it's our duty to tell you. There's a panel called Everything About DBZ, Friday at 5 p.m. in panel two. I have no idea what it's going to be. We'll probably go to it. Yeah, hopefully it's not dubified. We'll see. (laughs) And uh, so we'll check that out. Then I guess we're moving on to Saturday. The second screening of the AMV contest is first thing bright and early Saturday at 9 a.m., also in main events. And then we move on to the big stuff in the afternoon and evening. Uh, The first panel we're doing on Saturday is the AMV panel. That's going to be 1 p.m. in panel two. Oops, scratch that. The AMV panel is Saturday at 12 noon in panel two. Not 1 p.m., 12 noon. Mary, this panel will consist of myself, mm-hmm. Vegito EX, you, Mary, Mary Jeff, Jeff, Tell the Gambits, <laughs> the Gambits, <laughs> and then uh, Peter Skintilla. That's right. So that's going to be our panel. We have a keynote presentation. This shit is hardcore. It's fucking awesome. This is probably the best panel we've ever put together, and we've been doing AMV panels for about five or six years now. We have. Yeah. yeah. So we're really excited. There's going to be example videos, lots of great discussions. Come check it out if you're even remotely interested in AMVs. And then our Dragon Ball panel is Saturday at 3 p.m. in panel two. This is indeed the DBZ Variety Hour. I want to give a little bit more information on it. We're doing a game show contest in uh, quasi-Jeopardy style, almost like a trivia contest, except you know it's got dollar values and all that kind of fun stuff. But the big draw for this is really the prizes. We're bringing boxes of things. The winning team is going to get prizes. Uh, the top scorer is going to get prizes. We may have time to do another game as well. Uh, basically, I have DVDs, video games, T-shirts, CDs, all sorts of stuff. And uh, it's really exciting. I'm glad to get rid of some of these things. Because they're taking up box space. And everyone who comes to the panel, I will divulge what it is now, is going to get the Summer 2007 Daisenshu EX promo DVD. This DVD consists of pretty much every Dragon Ball AMV Mary you and I have ever done. Well, no, that's well, not true because I've made about, you know, 30... In sh- real video format. Modern style Dragon Post Ball. Post 2000. Right. Although it does have a couple remakes of old things you've done. Right, but those are also from like 2000, yeah, 2001. Onwards. I think there's like about a dozen Dragon Ball videos. But then there's also cool stuff we've done for the site, like the Dragon Ball AF commercial, subtitled, no less. The GT commercial parody, you know, you think you know GT. It's got the Godfather parody, it's got the first inconsistencies video. And uh, this DVD is loaded with hidden things. So make sure you click around and see if you can find things. Everyone who comes to the panel is going to get one. I've burned about 30 so far. I have a stack of 100 DVD-Rs in front of me. And uh, if I don't get rid of all of them at this con, they're going to Otakon with me. Right. And if we don't get rid of them at Otakon, I guess we can give them to whoever wants. Or maybe just through Daisenshu EX contests. They'll go through contests and I'll bring them to AWA as well. So that's kind of, well, it's fall at that point. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So I think in a nutshell, that's what's going on Anime Next. I mean, Sunday we have an encore showing of the AMV contest. Winners are played um, Saturday evening during the Cosplay Masquerade intermission. But that's what's going on. So if you want to check out what we're doing, those are where you're going to find us. Those are where you're going to find us. That's where you're going to find us. That's where. Primarily. You probably won't see us doing much other con stuff, except maybe being in the dealer's room. Right. So there you have it. That's your update on convention stuff. And uh, we are going to Otakon. We're having the DBZ You've Never Seen Part 2 at Otakon. But we'll, we'll have to give more info on that in the uh, coming weeks. So check that out. Let's get on to the news. Oh, no, no. No? I got more stuff. What? This episode comes out on your birthday. Oh, yeah. Mike's 25th birthday. Yay! Happy birthday! You're so excited. It's kind of sad to do it with just me in here. Normally, if we had the full house with, like, Julian (laughs) and Jeff and Joy, we'd all be like, yeah! Yay, party two! All right! Happy birthday, man. Thanks. Happy quarter century. Now you can feel old, like me, every single day, realizing that your days are slipping further and further away from you. But anyway, happy birthday. Thanks. News? Sure. News. Lots of news going on. It looks like that uh, French DVD box set 
uh, plurals was delayed a little bit. These are the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z movies box set over in France. Kind of their equivalent of Dragon Box the movies. The info we're seeing over on our forum is that it was delayed until July 18th. It was supposed to come out, I believe, the end of June. So, don't know what's going Just on there. Just a couple weeks. Yeah. Very interesting. Dragon Box the movies was delayed. Yep. So, there you have it. It's uh, the curse of Keeping the Keeping the tradition alive. That's right. So, uh, let's move on to, I guess, video game stuff. Sparking Meteor. Olzaru King Vegeta has been revealed as a playable character in the game. You can actually see his bio and picture over on the official site. Um, Mary, let me click it and we'll get some impressions. What do you think about him? I think he looks pretty. And I like yes. his little emblem on his chest, uh-huh. on his armor. Beyond that, it's like, okay. He's you played... got the little goatee. Yeah. That's yeah. Him. You know, a little attention to uh, detail right there. But right. you played one, you've played them all. Yeah, that's my problem with throwing in all the Ozado characters. Goku, Vegeta, Nappa, Raditz, Tadis. I mean... Throw rocks, fire beams from your mouth, and you're big. Maybe, maybe King Vegeta will like smack you with the scepter or something because he's so kingly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he'll have like a monkey-sized crown that he can throw at you. That would be cool. That would be awesome, I suppose. So that, that's pretty much all we know right now about him. There has been a couple more screenshots coming out. Uh, Bobbity, we revealed as a playable character. It looks like some of his uh, special moves involve Pui Pui and Yakon that come out and, like, smash you and eat you or whatever the fuck they do. So, neat. I yep, suppose. we'll have up links to uh, the pictures. Righto. Let's get into music news. We were talking about how there's not much going on yeah, in the way you said Yeah, you said the word, you know, last time when we talked about predictions, and boom, right. we're going to have some more music news. No, I was kind of a little... Not off, but not totally accurate with that music prediction. Because we did have music that was related to Dragon Ball, but it wasn't Dragon Ball music. You know, it was the idols putting out covers of songs. Like I said in the recent update on the site, if you had told me a decade ago that there would be three random J-pop chippies putting out covers of the same Dragon Ball song in 2007, I'd think you were insane. Why would they do something like that? I'd spit in your face, good sir. I appreciate that. Well, hot off the heels of Haruko Momui and Shoko Nakagawa. We have yet another one coming out. Yes, it's a cover of Romantiku Ageruyo. And I don't like saying that name. It's kind of a mouthful for me. Romantiku Ageruyo. There we go. Hitomi Kitamura. Uh, Miss Big Boobs. Yeah, apparently she's known for having boobs. and Larger than normal. For Japanese people, anyway. That's uh, special, I suppose. Making the leap from the printed photo over to singing songs, I guess. She's got, I guess you would call it a CD single. It's not quite an EP. It's only two songs. And then tracks three and four are the karaoke versions of the songs. And track two is the Dragon Ball closing. We've had three covers of this song this year. In just the last couple months. It's Why? weird. I don't know. Nostalgia. Why? That's all I can think of. But uh, this particular song, I think you played a few seconds of a preview. Uh-huh. It's pretty shitty. It sounds like, you know, when we talked about those iTunes remixes, those remixes that are available on iTunes, just kind of generic, poppy, techno-y, bloopy, blippy kind of It's like of just slapping mediocre singing on top of a mediocre dance track. Right. And That's all this is. Voila, you have new Dragon Ball remix. You have instant <laughs> big boob girl singing Dragon Ball song for all you nerds out there. Yeah, so uh, the CD, Yore Chao Hitomi, came out on June 20th. It actually comes with a DVD as well, although the Dragon Ball song is not the single from this. Um, Cat's Eye is the single on this. You can get it over CD Japan, Amazon Japan, and I think Play Asia has it as well. It's uh, 15 to 20 bucks if you're interested. For the one song, uh, I don't know. Not all that interesting. But it's out there, and so Big Boob Girl singing Dragon Ball song. How exciting. There's a headline for you. Hells yeah. We have a little bit more music news for you. Now this involves CD Japan. Back on June 6th, our ever-diligent forum member, Tanuki Kuribo, who pretty much should just run Daizen Shubiak. He should pretty much be like the reporter out in the field. That's right. He'd be like, I'm here live. He can be somewhere. my, my Mo Rocca. Yes. There we go. Uh, he let us know that CD Japan had the Idainoru Dragon Ball Densets, or Legends, soundtrack um, there on CD Japan for purchase. Now, this CD's been out of print for a while now, um, so people were like, holy shit, we gotta order it. So he ordered it. Caster Troy ordered it, and uh, apparently it was taking a really long time for them to ship. They weren't getting notifications or anything, but they finally got their CDs, and much to their dismay, now this was not a bootleg. I want to stress that this is an official release from Columbia, Japan, but there's something out there called their on-demand CDR R-Band series. Now, what this is, is pretty much, like it says, an (sighs) on-demand... 
it's kind of like they sent you a CDR with some photocopied pages. Right. It's like their own legit bootleg. Exactly. It's like like their own home homebrew. Here's a burn CD of right. like an out of print. Here's some you know, stuff that soundtrack. hasn't been available. You want it? Let me burn you a copy and send it to you. But we're Columbia, so we can charge you full price for it. That's stupid. Now the thing is, they didn't give any indication on CD Japan that it was part of the series. People were assuming, oh, maybe they found an overstock somewhere of these CDs. That happens time to time. Um, but that's not what this was. So they're a little pissed about it. Now we should stress that the actual sound quality it's an exact replica of the original pressing so you're not losing anything there except the packaging's a little shitty and it's a little misleading so that sucks um i do like the cd though never ending never give up is a great song yes but you can also get it on uh some of the complete song collection uh packs and all that but uh, that appears to be the news that was a lot more news than i thought there was going to be coming into this week what do you think mary that's um a lot of news and almost all of it kind of crappy so uh <laughs> the true. lesson learned here is it's quality not quantity that matters there you have it although we did get the best headline of the year which is you know big boob chick sings dragon ball song i don't think i uh, will ever have a repeat of that ever <laughs> So uh, props to that oddity. Word. So that wraps up the news. What we're going to do now is cut to later this evening, where potentially everyone's going to be here all together. And more. Julian's going to be via Skype, but uh, he'll be with us next week at the con. We're all going to go through volume six of the manga, and uh, we'll do the proper intro when we get to that. So let's just cut to it now. Here is your topic for the week. And we are indeed here to do our topic. Let's figure out who is here. I do have Julian on the line. That is correct, sir. Hey, since we didn't talk to you earlier, are you doing okays? Yeah, I mean, uh, I still get the occasional twinge from the job, but overall things are doing pretty good. Fantastic. Well, we're glad to have you with us for the topic. We do have Mary with us again. Hey, I'm back. Yeah, oh, you haven't really left. Oh, I've you been and sitting I in this chair for uh, 10 hours. Fantastic. How's the uh, the butt sores doing? It's um, pretty lousy. Nice. Jeff, how about you? Not with butt sore. All right, but you are here? Yes, I am. That is pretty awesome. We are glad to have you back as well. Absolutely. It's and we do have other people here, except they're off in the distance. Andrew. Fuck geese. I hate him. <laughs> Mr. Deluxe is in the background playing uh, boss battle mode in Capcom vs. SNK2. On the Dreamcast, no less. On the Dreamcast, so we will hear the uh, occasional foul mouth uh, comments. And Joy's in the background on the couch. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I have a job. Yay! Yay. Money is the coolness. And it means free food. We get delicious food brought to our home. I know. Every time you show up. (laughs) (laughs) I want a friend who does that. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you guys come over, there's food and food and food. I had delicious food cups. Some fruit, which is very nice. I brought it to work, and it was the only thing that saved my Friday. I sat with the fruit all day, slowly eating it. I was like, ah, this is a nice Friday, because I have a fruit cup. Yeah, we dropped you another surprise, but it's in your fridge. I'm not, I won't tell you what it is. Oh, wow. all right. You dropped a surprise, huh? That's breaking me. Julian, you can get some stuff when you come down next week for the convention. Okay. How's that? Sounds good to me. Sweet. Well, uh, we kind of just did another mini stuff segment. That's okay. Let's get into the topic here. We are going through Dragon Ball... I just bit my lip. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> we are doing uh, Dragon Ball Volume 6. Well, don't look at me like that. It happens from time to time. <laughs> you did it like twice during breakfast. And what did I say? I said, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, my fucking lip. Dragon Ball Volume 6. This fuck is going to be <laughs> chapters 61 through 72. It'll be amazing if we manage to get through this. Oh, yes. Julian, this is Volume 6 of the Tonkabon of the graphic novels. What do you have in the Kanzenban? Uh, it's... <laughs> All contained within Volume 5 of the concept. In fact, uh, it starts with the end of Volume 5 of the regular release and uh, ends with the beginning of Volume 7. Awesome stuff. So uh, I guess we're going to get into it. Julian, you're probably a little more familiar with it than I am since I read it two weeks ago. Take us into Chapter 61 here. What's going on? Okay, well, it's actually continuing where Volume 5 left off and Goku is in the midst of fighting against Murasaki. Ah, yes. And so his devious techniques didn't work so hot with Goku because Goku keeps outsmarting him, and that doesn't say a lot for his intelligence. That's, that's unusual. It's a pretty frightening concept right there. Right. And so he's going to attack him with his katana. Uh, only Goku has a better idea, and he plants his nyoibo in the ground, which leads to a very painful scene. <laughs> <laughs> now you have a tail! Uh, what a great line. 
They actually left that in the uh, the Viz version as well. I guess that's a pretty accurate well, translation. What else could he possibly say? I don't know. It hurt me just reading that. It did. It was drawn <laughs> so detailed. Okay, maybe not as detailed as it could be, thank God, but still comical <laughs> nonetheless. And so they continue to sword fight, and eventually Goku manages to break Murasaki's sword. But Murasaki once again tries to get the upper hand by throwing something else, a boomerang blade of sorts, uh, which Goku manages to avoid, but he doesn't think about the fact that it comes back. It whacks him in the back of the head. And for a moment it appears as Murasaki's one, but Goku springs back into action, and he's mad because Murasaki hurt him. And so Murasaki runs into this little Japanese-style tea house, and Goku has these throwing stars that uh, Murasaki used against him and Goku starts using them against Murasaki but Murasaki counters by flipping up the tatami mats in front of him and using them to block and so he announces that it's his four and a half tatami mat flip unfortunately Goku has a sixth one which he <laughs> uses to get Murasaki square in the forehead and, uh, and that ends the chapter pretty much right? yep it's kind of abrupt but you know it ends on a punchline so that's pretty good right so we're going to take it into chapter 62 here and it looks like they've bolted out side a little bit and uh, he murasaki has got these it almost looks like a baseball and it looks like he's throwing it as a baseball pitch and so uh, the smoke clears actually Julian you don't have this but uh, on the next page here one page into the chapter we have a little doodle of Son Goku hero of Dragon Ball and Son Goku hero of the ancient Chinese fable Sayuki so very cute it is very cute that it's not quite ancient, but, you know, 15th century is still, I guess... Exactly. Well, it takes back. place in ancient... Well, of. that's true. Not not particularly, but anyways, so we're moving onwards, and Murasaki's uh, gliding across... Uh, is it ice there that he's on? He's gliding across the water by using these big skate-type thingies. Ah, okay. To distribute so, his weight, basically. Right. And so he's on the other side, and he's like, ah, oh, you can't get me over here, but Goku just jumps over the pond. Not too much of a problem here. And uh, so he continues to pretty much just piss off the purple dude. And now uh, we're up for another trick here, and this will be very familiar to the Naruto fans. Uh, we even yes. have the hand motions and everything. And uh, what does he call this technique? Does he have a name for it here? He calls it Bunshin no Jutsu. Ah, okay. That's uh, very familiar as well. Wow, I didn't realize he stole that from Dragon Ball. <laughs> but anyway, where was I? It's probably from somewhere else, too. So, Murasaki splits into five. Mm-hmm. And Goku realizes that he's not just using an afterimage technique. They're all real. Right. This is different from the Zanzoken, which we've seen before. Mm-hmm. So, he's trying to figure out what to do. But basically, he just takes them all on by using real afterimage, real fake image, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and takes them out one by one until eventually there's only one of them left. So it turns out that they're actually a quintet. He didn't actually use any fancy techniques. And uh, I guess it's ending off here. He's running off, and Goku's running after him. They're going up the stairs here. And uh, he runs up to this cage, and he's got a secret weapon, so to speak. And we see on the last panel here, Jinzo Ningen Hachigo. Hachigo. <laughs> Hachan, as we will find out. And uh, he pretty much looks like Frankenstein. A cute Frankenstein. Right. So chapter 63 begins with him... Uh, Coming out. Now, actually, uh, I could mention it later, but I'll mention it here. The way he gets out of um, his cage here reminds me a lot of the way that 16 gets out of yeah. his pod. No, I thought that looked really familiar, the way it was drawn. But I wonder if that was an homage Toriyama did later on, the way he uh, stepped out of there. Maybe, but you know, uh, Frankenstein was not the monster. Frankenstein was the guy. I I know, but in daily vernacular, everyone says it that way, anyways. So. I was watching okay, something fine. recently where it was like on the History Channel where someone used it, you know, in the vernacular term, and it pissed me off for like a good two minutes. Well, I was a weenie. About do I it. piss you off when I say that? No, it's weird. The thing on the TV did, and when you said it, I kind of you know didn't mind because the guy looks like the generic right. Frankenstein monster. Well, if I say Frankenstein monster, then that's vague enough. That it can work. Sure. So let's go with that. Anyway, so he's out, and Murasaki orders him to pretty much take on Goku, but he refuses to do so. He doesn't want to kill anything that lives. He's that would, not a bad person. That would be a bad thing to do. And uh, Mr. Purple's getting upset Outreach. at this. Yeah. And uh, so what happens from here? So basically, uh, in order to get him to do what he wants, uh, Murasaki threatens to push the button, so to speak, and make him blow up. I love his response. In the viz, it's translated as, if I have to be bad, I want to be blowed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. So the- what kind of uh, speaking style does he have in the original Japanese? Um, he, he speaks simply, but he speaks intelligibly. Oh, okay. I guess, I don't know, it'd be something like, Ikimono wo korosu ikenai. koto kirai. So he speaks intelligibly, though not yeah. necessarily very complicated. Although the thing that you mentioned, though, in mm-hmm. the original, it's simply, Yappari ore waru koto dekinai. Gotcha. See, I actually understand I, that, I, so he's speaking properly. I can't do anything bad. All right. 
So uh, he refuses, and he's going to be blown up, and he's going to press the button, and everyone's ready for him to just blow up, but Goku jumps in and kicks the remote and smashes it, something we're also very familiar with later on in the series. Remotes so and bombs and smashings and stuff. Hmm. And so Goku busts out, I guess you would say his trademark technique, because the Kamehameha isn't quite the trademark technique yet here. And uh, what happens with the rest of the fight here? Uh, well, so Goku uses his uh, John Ken, his uh, rock, paper, scissors technique to uh, get Murasaki and um, basically throw him into the wall where he passes out. And uh, basically Goku and number eight are becoming friends here, and Goku's having trouble pronouncing his name. And so uh, that's where he comes up with the name Hachan, or in uh, the viz here where they call him uh eight man mm-hmm. eight man what they call him in the funimation dub? i don't know Aider. Aider. okay they're all you know pretty good translations it's tough because he uses the suffix there in japanese so i guess you gotta come up with something for the and you know i always wondered something yeah uh in one piece there's also a character called hachan mm-hmm. where that's his actual name and he's named such presumably because he's an octopus fish man oh i remember him yeah however he he's got a very simple mindset and he speaks kind of simply so i always wondered if he he was a slight homage, even if he is a villain. Oh, that's pretty neat. There I always go. wondered, but maybe. Maybe gotcha. not. We'll see. Well, Goku's uh, ready to take off and fight more baddies, but uh, Hachan offers to lead him around because it's sort of a maze here and uh, kind of confusing on where to go. So he's leading him upstairs, and who is this, Silver, that he comes across upstairs? Uh, no, Silver is the one uh, who he defeated earlier on. <laughs> I'm making is... the same mistake that Toriyama made. Yeah, this is General White. <laughs> but you make a good point. In one chapter in the original Jump, serialization, he actually called him General Silver in one panel, which was corrected for the Tonko Bone release, but right. um, it's still mentioned on a later title page. Right. <laughs> so, uh, good on me for... See, I did that on purpose so we could talk about that. Yeah. Good cover-up. That's right. And uh, basically, the chapter ends with uh, him pressing a button and Goku and Hachan falling into a pit. So we're into chapter 64. Julian, what's going on here? Okay, so they fall into this uh, area here. And it's worth noting, of course, too, that uh, in the previous chapter, makes a point of uh, noting that um, the fifth floor is a mystery as to what's... Um, oh, that's true. There, right. Because there's no entrance. Right, they so went straight up to the sixth floor. But now they're in the fifth floor, and it doesn't look like there's anything there until until the wall rises, and out comes this weird creature-type thing. A very Dragon Quest-looking character, if I do say so myself. <laughs> what so, do they call him in Japanese? He's the Jiggler over here in Viz. Ugh. He's... It's, uh, it's something along the lines of, you know, boing. Ah, gotcha. So it's kind of like an onomatopoeia-type name. Yeah. Gotcha. Basically. So that's what it's called, and uh, it sets forth on attacking him, uh, attacking Goku, and uh, is actually a pretty strong character because all of Goku's attacks just bounce off mm-hmm. and sends Goku flying into the wall. And we actually have someone like this in DBZ Movie 2. Which one was that? I think it was, let's see, it was either Ebifuria no, or... No, that was, was the ice guy. Okay, so then it was, let's see, what is the other two? Misokatsun. Uh, Misokatsun, I think, is this one. Yeah, so uh, more derivative designs later on in the series. But So Goku's having trouble with him here, though. Tasty names. I mean, where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah, Goku's having trouble. Um, so uh, this thing, you know, his attacks bounce off. It has, like, these antenna electric shock things. Mm-hmm. And it has a long tongue that it tries to eat Goku with. It looks like it succeeds, but Goku climbs his way back out. It seems like he's run out of ideas, so he even tries his Kamehameha, and it also bounces off. And uh, that's how the chapter ends. Goku's wondering what he's going to do, so we're moving on into chapter 65 here. White screaming up above, and Goku's wondering what to do, and out comes the tongue again. But this time, it is Hachan that gets uh, eaten, so to speak. But Goku runs in, and he kicks him out of the tongue. Kicks his tongue. That's pretty interesting. Hachan falls to the ground, and Goku decides to go for a headbutt this time. That doesn't work either, and Goku flies off into a wall. So uh, Goku and Hachan really have no idea what to do, and Goku's um, kind of thinking back about uh, outside in the cold. And this is strange for Goku. He gets a bright idea, so what he does here is... He punches the wall and lets in the cold air, which freezes uh, the Jiggler. But Goku's smart and he jumps in the Hachan's coat. His little it's kind of popping out. It's kind of funny, too, because it's obvious that he's doing this sort of thinking. like, And he even announces, this match is mine. Right. Pose. Yeah, he's already so, like, victory! <laughs> I'm so gonna it, win! So he freezes, and Goku, uh, he basically does a Mortal Kombat fatality where he shatters the frozen person. Fantastic. Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat 1 reference there for you. And uh, Goku 
jumps... Why didn't he just jump out to begin with? Because there was a monster to destroy, of course. Oh, of course. So Koku jumps up, and he uh, extends Nyoibo down below and has Chung grab onto it, and they come back up. And uh, Goku gets shot at this time, <laughs> but that doesn't do a whole lot. As we've uh, seen before, bullets don't do a whole lot. And now we're on into Chapter 66. Take it away. Okay, so the bullets don't do much to Goku. It just sort of makes him mad. But White decides he's going to fight hand-to-hand against Goku. Only Goku kicks him in the chin and it really hurts. <laughs> so he distracts him instead and then punches Goku, but Goku isn't hurt. So uh, Goku punches him back and sends him flying over the control console and onto the ground again. So he has nothing left but his one trump card, which is two whole Jingle Villages major, er, mayor hostage. With a special gun. Yes, the, I believe it's called the powered gun in the original version. Gotcha. Yeah, we got Paper gun. And so basically he tries to not get out of there alive, but um, basically the mayor tells Goku to attack anyway, except that, you know, if he could save him, that would be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, um, White goes for the kill by deciding to tell Goku to turn around, and Goku does so. And he fires, and Goku looks like he's been, you know, killed. Goku, you got ground. shot. Yeah. So, Son Goku! And then, so that makes Hachan mad for the first time ever. And he gets in the way of the next shot, which makes him even more mad. You know, his his pupils disappear, which is never a good sign. It either means you're really mad or you're really dead. Or you're about <laughs> to go Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually punches White. So he's able to get over his um, aversion to hurting people because he hurt Son Goku. Right, but he was a bad guy, so it was okay. <laughs> And so White goes flying out of Muscle Tower, and uh, number eight picks up Goku, who was hurt, but not badly. He's hungry. And so, yeah, he's hungry. And so uh, he carries Goku down in his jacket, and the mayor of Jingle Village follows, and Goku's hungry. They laugh. <laughs> Typical Dragon Ball ending. So we're on into chapter 67 here, and they're back. Uh, whose house is this? This is Snow's house, right? Yep, and although she's not named at this point in the manga, I don't think. That, I can't that remember. That been an invention point. of the anime that was later mentioned in the uh, manga when she reappeared at the very end of the series. Gotcha. Basically, you have everybody stuff. well, Goku stuffing his face and Eight actually being very polite and eating, and okay. Snow is very impressed by his eating habits. So they're all uh, sitting around the table and eventually a Dragon Ball gets busted out through the course of conversation here, talking about the Red Ribbon Army and what everyone's after and over oh, the horror. And uh, so Hachan has a Dragon Ball and they're all wondering how he got it. And uh, he heard that the bad people were looking for him, so he picked it up and he had it. And he hid it from them because he's a good guy. And uh, the mayor is quite impressed with the heroism here. And uh, he wants to have Hachan pretty much come home with him and be his son. I thought that was so sweet. That was really cute. Yeah. He's like, Arigato. I'm so happy. Of course, the problem is that he's, uh, as they say in Android, Jinzo Ningen, robot, whatever you want to call him. He's a robot, right? He was fully mechanical? More or less, I think. Yeah. It's implied as such in the uh, fourth Dragon Ball movie, although that's not necessarily canon. Although it's implied as such in the Dragon Ball anime as well. Right. We don't really know for sure in this version, although he has a bunch of stitches. So uh, they're wondering if Goku's going to stick around as well, but no, he's got to take off. He's got to get Grandpa's ball, because that's the important one. But uh, he decides to at least spend the night. So we've got Snow, we've got Goku, we've got Hutchon. Uh, they're on the floor kind of sleeping there and Goku's got so, uh, the dragon radar and it's pretty cute here yep that's true uh, sleeping on a futon is so nostalgic but anyway I, I, I'm sure I won't enjoy it as much when I have to do it again that's right where was I oh so, <laughs> so but they're they're all talking and Goku explains the dragon radar and how it shows where the, the Bulma made it and where the next dra- dragon ball is it's going to be on it and he clicks it and nothing happens. Right. He's very sad. Mm-hmm. And um, number eight decides to um, take a look at it since he's good at mechanical stuff. But well, he takes a sense. look at it. He's he mechanical. Takes a, yeah, right. So he takes a look at the inside, but it's too complicated for him. And he says that whoever made this is a genius. So there's nothing that he can do. And uh, it also, the couple panels down shows that the pajamas he's wearing are very undersized for him. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 
So uh, they kind of spend the night, and Hachan's very uh, comfortable sleeping on the futon there. And then the next morning, uh, Goku's ready to take off. They're all wondering how he's going to depart. And he decides uh, he's just going to walk. And then they get to talking about Kintone. And uh, apparently someone here is familiar with the cloud. And Goku tells the story about how it was destroyed. But apparently uh, it wasn't really destroyed. Because if you call for it, it uh, comes back. Well, because there's a huge swarm of them is why. But that's, that, right. that's another story. I don't think we've seen that yet. <laughs> no, no, not yet. So uh, he hops on and he's ready to take off and they're off to uh, West City at this point. Seems like a yep. pretty short chapter and not a whole lot going on in here. And He's off and he gets away from the cold it looks like and he busts out some food. Oh yes. And he's on his way. I'm sticking a rice ball. That's right. <laughs> We're on into chapter 68 here and uh, apparently he finds his way to West City and this, I love this, this is one of my favorite moments in the volume. Goku lands and he's just looking around the city. He's running in front of cars. He has no idea what to do and uh, it's very Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I always reminded, it always reminded me a little bit of um, Star Trek 4 when they're yes. wandering around. Hey, why don't you watch where you're going, you dumbass? <laughs> well, double dumbass on you. But I don't know. So Goku is looking for Bulma, and uh, they don't know. Random people on the street have no idea who it is, and this lady suggests that she talks to someone else, and Goku runs up. He runs over to a taxi, and he asks for a ride, and so they take off, and the taxi driver asks where he's going, and uh, of course it occurs to the taxi driver that this weird country bumpkin might not have any money on him, and of course Goku doesn't, so he kicks him right back onto the street here. Well, it's not only that, but he doesn't know where she lives. <laughs> right. She's just like, take me to Bulma's house, and he's like, where is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a great moment where uh, Goku comes upon, I guess you would say a street fighter gambling money here and no one else wants to take him on. But Goku decides he will because he's Goku and that's what he does. Strong. So uh, he's going to fight for some money here. He jumps in, not really the ring, it's just the side of the street and uh, he's what punches him once in the gut here and he falls down and then uh, when a guy gets back up claiming that it was nothing you know he socks him in the jaw with his leg I guess that's a kick yes and, that's what you call that and then he gets mad so he swat the guy just kind of swipes at him and does a bunch of stuff and nope Goku uh, goes in for the kill but actually he kicks the wall next to the guy which makes a huge hole in it and the guy just kind of gives up <laughs> then the next panel we have Goku walking down the street with loads of money in his hand <laughs> another great shot and uh over in the alleyway here, we have, you know, the typical uh, dog, pig, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Boar, I guess you would say. Yeah. He does not like those animals. No. But basically, you've got these two uh, thugs who are going to con him out of his money. But also notice the first panel where they appear. Mm -hmm. uh, under Well, uh, actually, the first couple of panels that they appear, the poster on the wall mm -hmm. is for Dragon Ball on Fuji TV. Oh, Wednesdays, I see that. Yeah. PM. Well, let me see. Yeah. Here. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Let me see, too. That's like a reference within a reference. That's right. That's crazy. Oh, that's cute. They it's broke the fourth wall. Fourth wall. You're breaking the fourth wall. All right, so the thugs are after him. They want the money, and Goku just decides to headbutt them, pretty much. He sticks his tongue out at them and knocks them into the wall. And uh, so he's going to ask them where Bulma's house is. And they say, why don't you speak to a nice policeman? Because that's what thugs would do. They would talk to a police officer. So he runs off, and he runs into a nice lady who looks a lot like the first mermaid that Goku brought to Kamisinin. A little bit, but I always thought her head was kind of misshapen. Yeah, it is a little weird looking. I don't know but, why I just now remembered that, but that's what she looks like to me. She tells him that that's a policeman, so he just hands her whatever sum of money and just runs off into the distance. <laughs> so he, he's talking to the police officer and he doesn't know her address or her ID number. Apparently that's what the world has come to. Everyone has ID numbers. But, uh, but he draws her a picture. A picture of her. Exactly. It's a fantastic picture, which looks exactly like... Squigglies. Squigglies. <laughs> uh, so what the police officer decides to do instead is just uh, plug in her name and look her up. And it uh, looks like there's a couple of Bulmas, which is strange. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, apparently this is the daughter of the founder of Capsule Corporation. And uh, the police officer decides he's going to take Goku there instead of just telling him, since that's uh, a rather important place. And so uh, they pull up there and Goku just calls her name. <laughs> Why don't you ring the doorbell, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the chapter 69 here. and uh, So they're ringing the doorbell and the police officer is like, talking. Intercom. Right, except he's not really talking to a person. He's talking to a robot. Again, fantastic. I love the future. <laughs> the past or whatever right. number of years it is here. Udumasama wa 
Julian is apparently a female robot for Capsule Corporation. I, I love it. I, I don't. I just like how it's um, basically most of the dialogue for the robots is written all in katakana. Yeah, it's written in a an interesting font, almost like a 1980s computer font over here in the Viz version. So I guess uh. they kind of got it a little bit. It's the best they could do. So uh, the police officer is a little concerned that Goku may not actually be a friend of this Bulma. She pulls up on, I guess, a scooter bike thing, and it's the well, it's like the snail hover thing that's appeared on cover pages before. Right. So uh, she pulls up, and Goku calls her name, and the police officer is a little shocked that she actually does know who this young boy is. But uh, the yes. whole joke here is that she's supposed to be at school. Yeah, but she she uh, blew it off basically because she didn't want to go. Right. Of course not. Why would she go? She doesn't need to go. She's smart. She has money. Who needs to go to school? I'm down with that. <laughs> so she cut, and we actually uh, see the the robot maid thing uh, introduce everyone here to the home. Well, yes. his dad is out in the garden, apparently. You know, I've kind of surprised why the robot maid fetish hasn't caught on in Japan. Seems like everything else has. You like this robot maid here? She's pretty hot. No. <laughs> I just say, you know, with the you know the bird hands and the mm-hmm. the stool for feet or something. It's just it's just what it's what it said that reminded me of that. Ah. Gotcha. <laughs> so the whole joke here is that they're going to the garden. Goku thinks they're outside again. But it's actually an outside within an inside. And Bulma's calling for her father. There are uh, little dinosaurs and little dogs running around. Yeah, I think he collects strays, as I recall. Yeah, exactly. Stray dinosaurs. And uh, we yeah. see the good doctor for the first time here. Yep. Fantastic. He's uh, he sees the police officer and thinks that's Goku, and you know he's rather large for a twelve-year-old, but no, that's a police officer. And then he looks at Goku and says, "Wow, you are a little round, aren't you?" <laughs> and Goku says, "Hey, like us." So what's the joke here in uh, the next couple panels? Because uh, it's implied that uh, they're gonna oh. go upstairs and make out. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna go upstairs and like kiss and stuff." <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Him and his wife are just a fucking pair together. Yeah. Uh, Bulma freaks out. She hates it when her parents, uh, I guess, act like real people instead of parents. You know, parents aren't allowed to make sexual references. That's a little Well, her, her dad's also a big pervert, though. Oh, absolutely. Oh, As definitely. we're about to we're find out. We're going to find out, yeah. So uh, they're going off, and uh, he's uh, talking to the police officer about the yeah. bike. Guess yeah, well, and, and Goku's on. like, you know, what what does kiss mean? Naive like, as usual. Yes. Kids shouldn't find out what that means. We cut back over here now to the Red Ribbon Army headquarters. And uh, we've got red and we've got black here. And, of course, a bear who serves yeah. as a minion. Basically. And so they got a picture. And he's just like, this this little kid is what defeated silver and white and took the Dragon Balls. And he's just like, ah, so um, yeah, basically, <laughs> is really furious. Well, he he distrib- he ha- has them distribute the picture to all their other units. Ah, uh, yes, that's actually important. Mm-hmm. So you know they're after him now. Right. But we cut back over here to Goku and Bulma, and she's fixing the dragon radar, and doesn't take a whole lot of time. And uh, she comments that he's only gotten two, and he's taken his time. And uh, they basically come to the conclusion that she's going to go with him because you know, <laughs> she doesn't need to go to school. She doesn't need to do anything important. It all works. But uh, she's got a new device. Her and her watch. She's uh, going to do some more with watches the, later uh, on in the series. Yep, it's the microband, is what she calls it. But right. yeah. So, so she shrinks down to this little tiny size, and in comes her mother and steps on her. And she sees Goku, and she introduces herself as Bulma's mother, because she doesn't seem to have a name. No, she doesn't. And, uh, Bulma no mama. <laughs> basically. But then Bulma goes back to full size, and she's like, dear, you shouldn't get under your mother's feet. And uh, she's offering alcohol to them. Basically, yeah. You shouldn't offer alcohol to kids. And uh, basically, Bulma, she, you know, she doesn't treat her parents very nicely. She's screaming at her dad. She's screaming at her mom. She's going to take off with Goku. And uh, and then her mom makes comments about men. She needs to go find one for herself. Yeah. <laughs> Bulma just doesn't like these comments. Yeah. And uh, also, Bulma's mother refers to every everyone by Chan. Yamacha-chan, Udon-chan, Puaru-chan. That's especially but- funny later on when Vegeta's around. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. But we cut back over here to uh, the doctor and the policeman. He's 
fixing up the, I guess you'd say it was the bike, and uh, she tells her dad that she's going to go off with Goku, and uh, there's a Dragon Ball 8,000 kilometers to the southeast. And, uh, mm-hmm. They're going to hop on the cloud, and uh, she shrinks down, he hops on, and off they go. And uh, although the police officer does not have so much luck with the tune-up that Dr. Brief just gave him. In fact, he uh, ends up going off at full speed and running into this other lady uh, who is very, very mad at him being a police officer and yet not watching where he's going. uh, It basically ends here with uh, Bulma took the wrong capsules. Well, we're closing in on the end of the volume here. We're on to chapter 70. Goku is flying off and uh, basically just yawning and wondering where he's going. In the previous chapter, after when Bulma takes the capsules, mm-hmm. you can also see Super Mario Brothers on the table. Oh, very awesome. Really? Nice. Yes, it says Super Mario Brothers. Red Ribbon Army Headquarters, we are back to red and black, shouting orders, but then we cut over to my favorite member. Although I said Murasaki is <laughs> my favorite member, but I yeah, think I this guy is It's kind of hard to top Murasaki. But, uh, who is this one, Julian? This is Blue Shogun, or General Blue, even though he kind of does a pseudo-naval type thing out on the sea. But, yeah, He's um, he's soft-spoken, I guess you could say, in that he speaks in a very feminine manner, although he's not so kind with his subordinates. For example, he uh, has somebody executed for picking his nose. And also his uniform is based on that of the SA, Sturmabteilung, the, or uh, brown shirts, or stormtroopers of uh, the Nazi party. And, and he puts the his little, pinkies up. He's got the finger thing going on as well. I love it. Creepy. So, uh, breeze us through this chapter. What's going on? We've got him, but we've also got Goku and Bulma flying off. Basically, Goku's looking down at the sea and uh, realizes that their Dragon Ball is underneath the water. So, what does Bulma do but brings out her capsules, or the ones that she thinks are hers. But she looks in and there's only one. And she's like, she took the wrong ones. But uh, she's like, well, I got a bad feeling about this, but Dad, I'm going to trust you. And why she throws would she it. Do that? Why, why, why? And out comes all this porn. <laughs> <laughs> porn the likes of which I'm surprised that Toriyama got away with it and jumped. I've seen him draw worse, unless I'm missing um, something. Why? Uh, what, between the exposed breasts and the lady who's bending over on the um, Maybe they thing? censored it for the Viz version, because I didn't uh, see anything that bad. I'm assuming so. It's, there, it's there, there is nudity here. The girl on the right. Can you see her boobies? Yes. Okay, yeah, they're covered up here. Yeah, because uh, I've seen exposed stuff yeah. in the earlier chapters. Let me see, what printing do I have here of this? Uh, uh, first printing and second printing. So maybe... Because they show Goku Peenie later on. Yeah. Or well, earlier on, you know, or it now. It varies from printing to printing these days, with mm. even the original yeah. Dragon Ball. They're doing all sorts of stuff. Well, let's keep going. So out comes the porn, and Goku jumps into the ocean. Yeah, well, Goku first says he look he looks at some of the porn and is like, this is weird. They're naked, but they're not in the bath. But that's weird. <laughs> coming from him because he's naked when he's not in the bath an awful lot. Right. But uh, maybe he just expects girls to be different. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> she rips it up in a rage and he quickly gets naked and jumps into the ocean. But he can't get down far enough and he runs out of air and he comes back up. But Bulma's taken off. Uh, she's gonna, I guess, go find some capsules. And there's uh, a helicopter-esque device, except it's not really. It comes uh, off in the distance and they start shooting at her. So she's running from them until finally... Uh, uh, they realize it's a girl, so they land in front of her and uh, apologize, sort of. But she uh, asks that there's something place where she can buy capsules, and they say no, because it's uninhabited. And then they start kind of... Um, well, at first they flatter her by saying that she's good-looking, and she buys into it. And then they uh, ask if she wants to do something good with them, or uh, to, to play with them, even. Something good, eh? If you mean something good, uh, I'm guessing you're not talking about video games, but uh, basically <laughs> something that I can't describe in a shonen magazine. <laughs> they pretty accurately translated all of that here, which is nice. And uh, basically, she calls for Goku. She's running off, and she tells Goku to beat up the bad guys. Happily obliges, goes right in there, and just starts beating the crap out of them. Knocks the things out of the sky, and not a problem. Yep, and, no uh, problems for Goku whatsoever. <laughs> no. And uh, at this point, he says they're not far from Kamisenin, so uh, they're going to go off there. And so they go off, and they spot it, and hops down, and Goku who calls him Urigome, the, the turtle. Right. And I, for, I forget what Urigome means. I need to look it up. Well, here, we're starting Chapter 71. Over in the Viz, they did a good job here. Uh, Goku says, seat hurdle. Wah, wah, wah. 
I thought it was clever. I liked it. <laughs> but uh, the master's inside. He comes on out. Here we have Kami Senin again. Bulma pops out and kind of surprises the hell out of him. And uh, they're wondering if they can borrow an underwater vehicle because they need to go back over into the ocean there and take care of stuff. And Kami Senin says, yes, I can take care of that for you, except you have to let me have your little shrinking device there. And oh, yes. uh, we can probably guess where he's going to go with it. And oh, that dear. is indeed where he goes with it. So he gets that device from Bulma and he's wondering what to do with it but we cut back over to Red Ribbon Army headquarters yet again we've got Red and Black they're talking with Blue over here right he's got his pinky going on the phone fantastic okay so the orders to General Blue are basically I mean I think they've got a fix on his location so they want him to go after very quickly we cut back over to uh, Kame House here and uh, Kame Zinin's wondering where everyone is and he hears them coming back and the gods are smiling on me today as he would say in the Viz version and he kind of does that fake uh, stretch I'm gonna go ahead inside and watch some TV as soon as he gets in he shrinks himself down runs crawls under the bathroom door and now uh, goes and sits by the toilet and waits for Bulma to come in and she pulls down her panties and sits on the toilet and uh, he's quite happy but she gets back up and he says uh, girls are supposed to take a long time he didn't see anything he gets up there and he's like no because he's gross and then he falls in and she flushes the toilet <laughs> She goes back outside, and he comes up through the sewers and kind of grows back off, and they're wondering why he's all wet and whatever. But, uh... We have a ship coming in from the distance. Inside, we have lunch included in. And uh, everyone's pretty much happy to see each other. And uh, he makes a joke about Bulma's name. I love this. The two funny names kind of poking fun at each other. So Crittenden makes, I don't know, friends with Goku yet again. And then we have the Red Ribbon Army. They are coming in. It's basically just people talking back and forth. And it's all leading up to uh, Goku and Crittenden are going to go off and take care of things. Oh, they're talking about treasure. Treasure and pirates. <laughs> That's where they're going to go off to. And uh, yep. Bulma is uh, finding the whole idea romantic about pirate treasure and how fantastic it would be to find that. So they take off and lunch bids them adieu. Oh, yes. And the Red Ribbon Army is moving in, approaching their location. Um, only they yeah, they head basically directly. Well, they have a platoon that's headed directly for Kame House, basically. So we're into the last chapter of the volume, chapter 72. Uh, Blue is just standing. He does a lot of standing around. Doesn't seem to do a whole lot. But uh, they're all commanding orders. Goku, Bulma, and Kududin are underwater and they're going off for the Dragon Ball. Got a hammerhead shark and uh, it's down a crack. Goku's diving and they're kind of following the math. There's a whole lot going on here. It's uh, one of those, you know, this is going on over here. Cut. This is going on over here. They're kind of showing the two events at the same time. And uh, Blue is underwater. They're in a submarine. They're kind of going after. I love the minions. We have a giant hippo here. (laughs) We have bears and we have hippos and we have boars. I love it. But uh, we're closing in on the end here. We have dinosaurs under the water as well. So we have underwater things going on. We have uh, up above water things going on. They fire missiles and uh, at Goku, Bulma, and Kududin. They kind of fly off into the cave and uh, Goku says, oh, I bet you it's the Red Ribbon Army. And of course everyone flips out. Why didn't you tell us the Red Ribbon Army is after us? That would kind of be important to know. And uh, Kududin makes a joke about the world's most evil crime organization. I love it. So they're firing. Blue continues to bark orders at everyone. So they're still flying through the cave. But then up above... Oh, yeah. Uh, a good portion of the Red Ribbon Army kind of land on shore and point guns at Kami Senin, who's just standing there. Yep, and that's where the volume ends, is it not? Yeah, that is where it ends. Mm. So let's go through like our impressions of this volume. How about the ending? How it just kind of... Ah, lackluster ending. Yeah, pretty much. Overall impressions of volume six. Last week, we all kind of collectively you mean decided... Last month? That's right. Yeah, it would be great if we did it once a week. We'd mm. move through it a lot faster. We all collectively decided that volume five wasn't as good as the past stuff. Let's talk about volume six here and Jeff I'll start with you Mm -hmm. how did you feel about this volume in comparison it's leading up to something and I like it you like where this is going I do you know and I really like the new characters that they put in here especially Mm -hmm. uh, the android yeah he was really really cool I kind of hope to see him a little bit more because you know he is a really cool character he didn't fight much at all Mm -hmm. and it kind of confused me as to how the red ribbon RV could create such a pacifist (laughs) android it didn't make much sense to me but I thought he was an excellent character anyway very nice. And also, I thought the, you know, originally I thought the Murasaki fight uh, in the last volume was kind of going on and on, and mm-hmm. it started that way in this manga too, but the way it ended I thought was well worth it. It kind of paid off. Yeah, and like the whole uh, quintuplet thing was a really nice surprise. I really liked that which too. I yeah. was, because I, I was thinking Naruto, and then, no, they're actually, you know, five of them, and I thought it was really cool. So there's a lot of like spotlight.
light stuff in this manga that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think it's a it's a better volume than five. It still kind of feels like nothing really got accomplished. I mean, it, it, Goku got another Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. but it's not like winning a tournament or saving the world or right. something. So you know, because we had such a great you know couple of chapters where huge things happen, it's sort of weird to see not that much happen in two volumes. But I I'm right. kind of getting used to it by now. I was actually going to ask you how'd you feel about the pacing of this volume in comparison but i guess you kind of just described that yeah pretty much i mean it, it's it's definitely different from the first volumes but i think uh the pace it's going in right now it could sustain a storyline for a lot longer than it used to mm-hmm. and so i'm looking forward to reading more manga it's not like it's not dragging at all every little thing has its own uh, uh extension and the red ribbon army is now growing larger in number and they actually mm-hmm. feel like a threat whereas before i thought they were just like just a couple throwaway. people yeah i thought but they were like throwaways. it feels like something now yeah, exactly very nice mary let me take it over to you uh same things how'd you feel about this in comparison to previous volumes pacing all that kind of good well, stuff i think it's better than the fifth volume uh-huh. um definitely and i love the pacing in this one um like jeff said it actually feels like the red ribbon army is something now mm-hmm. um i think overall you know it's not as strong as some of the earlier volumes but um hachan makes this volume for me you like him i love too. him so much i was reading it i'm like i want him to be my new favorite character very nice. he's so lovable and he he makes happy faces <laughs> he looks cute i like how he has his eyes open but then when he has he's making a smiley face his little dots in his eyes turn to like you know happy eyes right i don't know how to describe it but nice. he looks cute he'd make a nice plushie um <laughs> okay yeah I I can see that. Well, you see him. You do see him in chibi form. In like one or two, for, you know, uh, panels. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. I love Goku in the city. That was the other big highlight of the mm-hmm. volume. Um, I'm not sure how I felt about the Bulma shrinking device. Yeah, that was a little weird. Like, I, I get that it's a gag and stuff. Kind of thrown in. It's like, oh, totally humor. Like literally. Liter- literally. Maybe that was the joke. I guess so. But I like. I loved uh, Bulma's parents too. They're great. Yes. I love it. Every time they show up, they're always fun. They are always great to see in the show. What I thought was kind of funny was uh, in passing when Bulma's mom said. Um, that Yamcha, Poir, and Ulong are at school. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Can you what? imagine Yamcha at school? That's just I, I didn't, mean, he was out in the desert. You know, I guess people. he is technically a teenager, but I would never picture him ever <laughs> being in a school. Well, he's the same age as Bulma. So. Oh, he is? Okay. Mm-hmm. They are born the same year. I was just looking at a timeline for oh, that neat. info the other day. So he's, what, 16, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're about yeah. to hmm. Why Ulong and Poir are in school with him, I do not know. Well, maybe not necessarily the same school. Maybe they they're to, back you know, at shape-shifting, shape-shifting school. Shape-shifting school, exactly. Let's Turn over to Julian for a couple minutes. Julian, how did you feel about all the exact same kind of stuff? Uh, pacing, the flow, mood, you know, typical AMV terms that we've all been throwing around <laughs> the last couple of days. How did you feel about that like... doing in that okay. manga? <laughs> well, you know, he's kind of closing up one arc with the whole muscle tower stuff, and I really right. enjoyed all that, and I felt like the pacing and the mood was really good for that. Mm-hmm. But he stumbles a little bit with getting into the next thing and going to the city and such, which is funny on its own, but, um, you know, going off with Bulma, he has yet to find his stride, and he's mm-hmm. kind of substituting uh, decent, um, decent pacing and decent flow with kind of almost gross-out humor, which is we haven't seen that in a while. Right. In fact, it's more at home in Doctor Slump than Dragon Ball. I was actually going to say it feels like manga filler at this point, where he really bit. doesn't know where to, literally where to take the characters. The part that felt like filler, and this might be carryover from anime filler, was Bulma uh-huh. in the water in a mech looking for <laughs> Dragon Ball. <laughs> no. It was like this, this reminds me of something that I hate. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> and to me, that felt like filler. Gotcha. Even though I know it was relevant kind mm-hmm. of to the plot, it was just kind of boring me at that point. But that was the only instance during this volume that it was. Well, it brings me back to my original point that in Volume 6, I was kind of wanting filler <laughs> because of how awkward it jumps. And now that there is filler, it, I think it, it, well, I feel comfortable with it because I think it pads it a bit, which mm-hmm. is nice, instead of just jumping straight to another storyline. But yeah, it, it just builds some inconsistencies, but I'm willing to overlook that in case the next story has some actual weight to it, you know? So, uh, Julian, Mary, Jeff, do you guys have anything else you want to say about this? I mean, a lot happened, even though it kind of seemed like a lot didn't happen. Kind of flip-flop A lot of good forth. human drama, well, human android drama. <laughs> True. A lot of people were gonna see again in the future. A lot of people were not gonna see again in the future. I like, uh, Jeff, like you said, where the organization has been building up to at this point. Julian, what do you think? I mean, you know where the story goes. 
goes. Right. I know where the story goes. Mary kind of knows. Well, sorta, kinda. I, re- I really enjoy where it goes from here, but I don't like how he kind of starts setting it up. Mm. I guess once it gets going, it's better. Does anyone have any closing thoughts on this? Well, I mean, you haven't said what you thought of it. Well, I, I kind of did in re- response to what everyone else had to say. I thought the pacing was definitely different from where it had been. I agree that I like some of it. I don't like some of it. Some of it feels like filler-esque material to me. You know, I like Bulma's parents. Remember everything you said, like Bulma's parents. I like Goku in the city because it reminded me of Back to the Future too. Andrew, what'd you think of this volume? We prayed. Did you do my homework? <laughs> wow. All right then. Uh, anyone else closing thoughts on volume six? This was Your that it was. <laughs> Don't be so gullible, McBree. <laughs> Fuck that one up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Julian, what do you think? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool volume. I uh, I look forward to. I really do like where it goes from here with the rest of the Red Ribbon Army arc, and I really like where it goes after the Red Ribbon Army arc. So I'm looking forward to going through the rest of the manga. So unless anyone has anything else, I guess that concludes Volume Six of the Manga Review of Awesomeness. We're going to uh, conclude our discussion here, and where we're going to go is actually the rest of the episode, as you heard earlier. Next thing up is going to be releases for. Uh, July. So we're going to cut over now to Mary and myself doing releases, and then we'll do some emails and close out the episode. So uh, Jeff and Julian, you'll see everyone at the convention next week. Absolutely. Sweet. So uh, I will talk to you now, and (laughs) (laughs) we'll uh, see you guys next week at the con. Woo! Nice. Alrighty. Later. Later. We got your releases coming at you here. As far as I can tell, there's only one set of releases in July, on July 4th, on a Wednesday. Mary, we have Dragon Ball DVDs coming out in Japan. What we got? That's right. Well, these are the consistently best-selling Dragon Ball Region oh, 2 DVDs, you know it. always hitting the top of the charts. We've got volumes 10, 11, and 12. These cover episodes 55 through 72. They retail for about 39.90 yen a pop, and you can get them from your typical online retailers such as Amazon Japan and CD Japan. This is actually uh, the end of the Red Ribbon Army arc. We're getting into the Baba episodes here. So uh, we're just before the 22nd Tenkaichi Budokai. Good stuff. Nice. And uh, as far as I know, that's all that's coming out. We have some cool stuff coming out in August, but it'd be a little preemptive to get into that right now. Uh, maybe some other stuff will pop up as July goes on. But until then, let's kick on over to the emails. <laughs> We got one email for you this week. It's uh, part story, part question. So, Mary, I'm going to go ahead and let you read this email, and then we shall address it. Sure thing. This one comes to us from Savannah. Cool name. Anyway, Savannah says, Hello, Mike, Mary, and Julian, and any other guests who may or may not be present at the moment. My name is Savannah. I'm relatively new to the podcast, and I feel very new to Dragon Ball by your standards. Since I'm just a teenager, I've only been into DBZ for five or six years at the most, so my first exposure to Dragon Ball was through Funimation's dub. So I don't know about the glories of the original actors or how Funimation wrecked it for that matter. Before I discovered the podcast, I never really liked the Japanese version of the anime. In fact, I thought it was rather stupid. But after listening to you guys and hearing your comments on the original version, I have picked up a few DVDs and set it to Japanese audio. It's grown on me. Thanks for enlightening and entertaining me. Oh, 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 oh. how cute. Anyway, I do have questions. I've always been interested in the Japanese DBZ music, even if I didn't like the voices. Weird, huh? Wow, that is kind of weird, because it's yeah. usually the other way around. It's completely at most. the other way around it. Cool. But I digress. The question is as follows. Is there any way or place to buy Dragon Ball CDs in America without resorting to the internet? I'm too young to order off the internet. This may be pushing it a little, but I usually don't go to cons. Is it even possible to get these CDs? Please, I've been dying to find these. Thanks again, guys. Love the show. Alright, where can you buy the Japanese Dragon Ball music? This is gonna be tough, because, you know, they don't just sell these in Best Buy, that kind of nope. stuff. Nope. And if you don't go to cons, there's right. pretty much no option. So, here's the deal. When I was younger and the internet had things for sale and I did not yet have the plastic thing with numbers on it for myself, what I would do is I would have my parents order things for me. And uh, I think a good tactic is to have the cash on hand ahead of time. Give it to your parents and say, order for me, here's the money. Another good tip I found was that, you know, my parents were concerned with security. And back then, Uh you know, the internet doesn't have the security standards that it does now. So what I would do is if the site had it, I would find, you know, the little padlock in the corner that Uh shows that the site is 
secure and, you know, won't show your credit card number and everything. Right. So that made my parents feel a little bit better about buying me stuff. I had to do the same thing. Right. Like, I obviously couldn't buy stuff on the internet for myself back when I was like 16, 17. Right. Now, stemming off of that, we should say there are very reputable sites online. Your parents may be familiar with them. I mean, Amazon, everyone knows Amazon. They're one of the only people that actually make money selling things online. They have profits. So they're a legitimate business. Now, what's really interesting is that if you go through the American Amazon and you search for Dragon Ball in the CDs area, they actually have some of the Japanese music. I guess they kind of tie together all their affiliates. You can order some of the Japanese music from Amazon US, not Amazon Japan. I did a quick look over there. They have Legend of Dragon World, which is the two CD set of uh, vocal themes. They've got the Ongakushu, which is uh, movie background music. They've got the various Budokai soundtracks, uh, Remix 2006, One Half Special, and a whole bunch of other stuff. They even have all, or pretty much all, of the hit collection, or hit song collection CDs, I should say, because those were re-released. So if your parents are familiar with Amazon, and you give them the money ahead of time, maybe this is a good way to try and get some of this stuff. And say you'll do more chores around the house. That's right. Anything to butter them up. Cut the grass, uh, rake the leaves, sweep the driveway, pick up doggy poopy, you know, good stuff. Get down and dirty to get your Dragon Ball. We should give them a couple other alternatives in real life. Uh, it depends on where you live. If you're by a major city, go to New York, go to Kinokuniya. They have CDs there. Um, wherever there's a Chinatown, beware of the Sonmei CDs and Ever Anime CDs because they might still be there. Although, to be honest, last couple times we've been in New York and gone to Kinokuniya in particular, I haven't uh-huh. seen any Dragon Ball, like, music. That's because you didn't look at the music. I did. They had the Dragon Ball um, complete song collection, the one disc of all the Dragon Ball vocal themes. Oh, okay. They did have at least that. And I remember when Legend of Dragon World came out, they actually had it there in the store before I got it in the mail from Japan. That was bizarre. Yeah. It's like, wow, how'd I get to New York that fast? Uh plane and ship I know and teleportation magic Shunkanido CDs they're very talented these days very technologically Technology's come so far. That's right. So uh, I guess that kind of answers your question. Um, about cons, we've been seeing less and less music at conventions. It's because everyone's a bootlegger. I, yeah, I think we're of the mindset that everyone downloads their music, and I'll come out and say it, dubbies don't care about Japanese music. Yep. You know? Even anime fans today don't care about music. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't really care about music anymore. I, I used to as I a kid. I still have an interest. And shows nowadays just have subpar music. Yeah, it depends on the show. Mm-hmm. I guess older shows okay, had better Okay, you know music. what? I lied. I'll get the music from Nana. True. Because it's a music-centric show. Very true. Nana and Beck love the music because their music mm-hmm. shows I got a feeling everybody had a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How are they going to dub that? <laughs> Anyways, so I think that answers your question, Savannah, Savannah, whatever your name is. So uh, congratulations on discovering the Japanese version and uh, keep giving it a chance. I think you'll find some pretty awesome stuff in there. If you would like to send us emails, very simple. We'll take your questions. We'll take your comments. We'll take your suggestions. We'll take your uh, top five list suggestions. We'll take whatever you want to send us. I'll take your money. Definitely. I'll spend it. On what? Clothes. Oh, God, you're such a girl. Yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally, yes. (laughs) Podcast at DiceyX.com. Marry the podcast. The podcast. Yeah, spell it. Oh, sure. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at DiceyX.com. That's D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. That is indeed. So uh, I think that's going to wrap up the episode for the week. Huzzah! We're potentially going to see quite a bit of you at Anime Next next week. Sure, hope so. Very exciting. Make sure you come check out the AMV contest, the panels, all that stuff. Everyone who comes and sees me will get a promo DVD. Whether you want it or not, it'll be shoved down your throat and you'll like it and you'll smile. Hey, you! You want a DVD? Come here! Chuck it at you. Uh, is that going to wrap it up? Sure, That's let's... everything. So next week, we're going to... The plan is to record our panel as the podcast episode. We'll see how that works out. So if you can't come to the con, you can at least hear the wacky uh, things that occur. In the DBZ Variety Hour, let's say goodbye to everyone. Mary? Hi. I mean, bye. You're here. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mary, you can be found at Templo Chunks. It's a website, and then you're here, and you do stuff with me. Yep, yep. We're going to go out for a bit. And cool. I'm looking forward to it. And people come over later and do more con planning. and Other other stuff. Anyway, yeah. what does that have to do with Temple of Trunks? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, my site can be found at www.templeotrunks.com. Fantastico. And then there's the mic and the Julian. And we can be found at the Daisenshu of the E to the X. And, uh, Mary, I'm going to have you say it. Sure. You can find Daisenshu EX at www.daizex.com. 
word. So uh, that's it. Uh, let's pretend that we know who's going to be here later. For Jeff, for Joy, for Mr. Deluxe just randomly hanging out somewhere in the background, for Mary, for Julian, for Tara, for Tyler, and for... Um, the children. Those aren't children. Those are packets of cream cheese. Shit. I shouldn't have eaten them then. I am Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and I walk these lines of blasphemy every day. Gezenjo! I ekusu! Podo kesto! Konshumu! Kaite kudu! Sait! Arigato gozaimouse! Jai Kai Mo! Oh, Tano! She me 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 me. I am talking, talking, talking. Mary, speak to me. Hiya, hi. You are hiya, hi, yo, Jeff. Yo. Video games are the babysitter of the future. I agree. Future. <laughs> <laughs> Julian. Video games are destroying the mind of our youth. They're murder simulators. They should ban all video games right down to Pac-Man. No! <laughs> That's going to be our ending of the episode. Disbar me. 